Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. In this identity episode, we will explore what it looks like to reflect true biblical Christianity compared to two oppositional worldviews of Pharisaicalism, or in our present day, a self-righteous religious spirit, and the New Age belief systems. This topic was thoroughly addressed in a book I read in my doctoral program called Am I Being Deceived? by Drs. Mark and Patty Verkler. A link for more information about that book will be on this episode page on the pattyej.podbean.com site. The book did a great job of comparing the beliefs, attitudes, and actions of spirit-led, born-again Christians and New Age believers and religious spirit believers who reflect those of the Pharisees of the Bible. When the truth of the Bible and the Holy Spirit comes into the heart of the believer, there is true transformation. The combination of the Word of God empowered by the Holy Spirit is true Christianity. The attitudes and actions of the two counterfeits of Christianity that were explored in this book were the New Age movement and the Bible time Pharisees that represent our present-day religious spirit. Without God's direction, there is no truth, and the Pharisaical religious folks believed in the rules of God without the Spirit of God, which leads to an unloving, self-righteous representation of God that turns people away. New Agers believe in the spirit world, but not in the God of the spirit world. And without God's direction, there is no truth. Both of these mindsets take you off track and lead people astray. Let's look more intently into the beliefs and behaviors of each of the three worldviews. The Bible and the Holy Spirit equals truth, which is true Christianity. True Christians believe that the Bible is an inerrant word of God and that God's purpose in it was creating man to have a direct relationship with him. God communicates directly to his people through the flow of the Holy Spirit interpreting the scripture, and he grants his believers gifts to be able to hear his voice and carry out the personal plans that he has for them. Believers can see and hear God and record those encounters through journaling. God does desire that all people choose him of their own free will by faith. And God grants wisdom through dreams and visions and gave people their imaginations so that they could be anointed for reasoning in agreement with God's perfect will. True Christians believe that God is in control and rules heaven and earth and the universe and his power supersedes all man's traditions and natural laws. God is more powerful than Satan whom people need not fear because God has overcome him already. There is no need to fear anything because God promises to never leave or forsake us. Believers can believe the promises in the Bible are absolute truth. They can get their sense of identity through those promises in the Bible and not from themselves or from the world. True believers are grateful to God for their blessings and recognize that God has good plans for them even during difficult times. The Bible can only be interpreted by surrendering to the omni-wisdom of the Holy Spirit, 
who authored the Bible. Matthew eleven twenty five says, At that time Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. I openly and joyfully acknowledge your great wisdom, that you have hidden things, these spiritual truths, from the wise and intelligent and revealed them to infants, to new believers, to those seeking God's will and his purpose. God is findable, knowable, and is love and has only the best interest in mind for all of his creation. The belief system of the spirit without the Bible is lie number one, the new age mindset. New Agers believe in a godlike force that can be manipulated for man's personal desires, but that force is not a personal god. Power comes from this universal force that continues to evolve. New Agers believe that people need to connect to the universe to be connected to this small g god energy. They believe that the spirit world is real and active and that they can connect with it by quieting themselves down and tuning into that force with the aid of drugs, mantras, and mediums. ESP is available to all and can be used as a spiritual catalyst to glorify the self. Some practice automatic writing, which is a practice that allows the spirit to take over your hand and write messages from the spirit. They are encountering spirits, but it's not the Holy Spirit. There is a positivity to this philosophy and that they believe that people are generally good, and they see goodness prevailing. They believe that whatever people focus on determines their fate and destiny. So if you are a negative person, bad things will happen, and if you're a good person or a positive person, good things will happen. New Agers believe in the power of dreams, vision, and imagination, and are grateful to the universe for providing them. They think of them as tools for aiding self-esteem and creativity. They get their wisdom from studying books from masters or those that they think are experts. Without the foundational truth of the Bible and the submission to the Holy Spirit, the New Age believers open themselves up to dark forces of the spirit world and can get themselves in lots of trouble. The truth of the ability to connect with the spirit realm without the focus on Jesus and the surrendering of the will of God invites ungodly spirits that will damage the soul and keep you from eternal blessings in heaven. This is a powerful counterfeit of how the spiritual realm actually works. Remember that no one ever counterfeits something that's not real or valuable. Many churches are so afraid of the spirit realm because of New Age counterfeits that they make the devil bigger in their minds than God and cut direct communications with God off. Matthew 6.33 says, But first and most importantly, seek, aim, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, and the attitude and character of God, and all these things will be given to you also. And 1 John 4, 1 through 6 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they come from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. 
and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. Our next lie is the lie of the Bible without the Spirit, Pharisaicalism and or self-righteous religious spirit. The Pharisees were a sect of the Jewish faith in Jesus' day, and while they don't still exist as a religious group in our culture today, the belief system is unfortunately extremely prevalent. Those who act and think like Pharisees, believe that God rules the universe, but Satan reigns mankind. While they believe that God's word is inspired by God, they do not find that it applies to daily living. They believe that Christ lives in the heart, but they ignore the power and existence of the Holy Spirit. There is no acknowledgement that Christ has joined their spirit or that their is a flow from the Holy Spirit within them. It's more of a belief of the Father, Son, and Holy Scriptures instead of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Pharisaical people believe in rationalism. Their minds are the source of truth, and it is a self-righteous mindset. This means that the starting place is self-understanding rather than wisdom and understanding coming directly from the Holy Spirit. Many denominations can acknowledge the power and miracles in the Bible as true, yet believe that when the Bible was finished being written, the age for such displays of God's power ended. The gifts of the Holy Spirit were for Bible times and not for now. They live in the fear of the evil one, and they even believe that any displays of Holy Spirit gifts must be from the devil. The fear of the enemy is greater than the fear of God. And the enemy, they believe, is more powerful than they are, so there's no point in fighting. God's people are underdogs. Dreams, visions, and imaginations are not valued or appreciated by those who have these religious beliefs. Journaling is frowned upon as evil or trying to add to God's word. Many live in fear and have low self-esteem. They tend to be Bible thumpers, judging people who cannot keep the law and live hypocritically about it themselves. When you begin with your own understanding, you will envision a much smaller G God. You will put God in a small, humanly limited box. Having been raised in a religious spirit church as a child, I am familiar with this worldview, and the Holy Spirit has worked very hard to purge me of this belief system, it requires a lot of unlearning about the limitations that are reinforced by this mindset, replacing it with the truth of much more powerful and loving God is required to move from this position to true Christianity. Discussing This issue with my husband, he told me that I have come a long way, but he can remember getting beat over the head quite a bit with the Bible in our earlier marriage years. 1 Corinthians 2, 12-16 says, Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Holy Spirit who is from God, so that we may know and understand the wonderful things freely given to us by God. 
We also speak of these things, not in words taught or supplied by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining and interpreting spiritual thoughts with spiritual words, for those being guided by the Holy Spirit. But the natural, unbelieving man does not accept the things or the teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness, absurd, and illogical to him, and he is incapable of understanding them because they are spiritually discerned and appreciated, and he is unqualified to judge spiritual matters. But the spiritual man, the spiritually mature Christian, judges all things, questions, examines, and applies what the Holy Spirit reveals, yet is himself judged by no one. The unbeliever cannot judge and understand the believer's spiritual nature. For who has known the mind and purposes of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ to be guided by his thoughts and purposes. You know, there are over 1,200 verses in the Bible that talk about the Holy Spirit. What is his purpose, what he does, how to cooperate with him, how to sense him, how to allow him to transform you. The Bible contains several verses about the power of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5:22 and 23 teach us the, exactly what the fruit of the Spirit looks like, including love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Romans 8:6 says that being spiritually minded brings life and peace. 2 Timothy 1.7 says that God has given us the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. The Holy Spirit has the power to overshadow and bring life, as seen in Luke 1.35 and Romans 8.11. And the Holy Spirit can bring signs, wonders in Romans 5.15 and 19. In Acts 43 and Romans 8.14-16, we describe how the Holy Spirit fills and leads and guides the lives of believers. There's so much in the Bible about the Holy Spirit, but it would be extremely difficult to find a verse that says that God sent the Holy Spirit but did not leave him with us. There'd be no reason for that. So I don't understand that position. When I was writing my book, Clips That Move Mountains, I found this Barner research study that really affected me. It was called, Are Christians More Like Jesus or Pharisees? They surveyed more than a thousand self-proclaimed evangelical Christians and asked them questions related to attitudes and actions about their faith and their beliefs. They never mentioned Pharisees in the survey. They just wanted to know what their thinking and behaviors were related to their belief system. The results shocked me. The Barna Group conducts research related to American worldviews and the biblical understanding of the Christian worldview. It was interesting to learn that the number one reason Americans will say they accept Christ was because of the actions or influence of another Christian. And the number one reason Americans will say they don't plan to accept Christ was because of the actions or influence of another Christian. When the Barna Group examined the question, are Americans more like Jesus or more like Pharisees, they asked 
people to respond to statements by rating their agreement on a four-point scale. They were rating statements about self-righteous actions and attitudes compared to ratings of Christ-like actions and attitudes. The research statements used to examine Christ's likeness included the following. Attitudes like Jesus. I see God-given value in every person, regardless of their past or present condition. I believe God is for everyone. I see God working in people's lives, even when they're not following him. It is more important to help people know God than it is for them to make sure that they know that they're sinners. I feel compassion for people who are not following God and doing immoral things. The list of questions related to actions like Jesus included, I listen to others and learn their story before telling them about my faith. In recent years, I have influenced multiple people to consider following Christ. I regularly choose to have meals with people who are different faith and morals from me. I try to discover the needs of non-Christians rather than waiting for them to come to me. I am personally spending time with non-believers to help them follow Jesus. And the statements used to assess self-righteous, like the Pharisees, attitudes were, I find it hard to be with friends who seem to constantly do the wrong things. It's not my responsibility to help people who won't help themselves. I feel grateful to be a Christian when I see other people's failures and flaws. I believe we should stand against those who are opposed to Christian values. People who follow God's rules are better than those who don't. And the statements related to self-righteous actions were, I tell others the most important thing in my life is following God's rules. I don't talk about my sins or struggles. That's between me and God. I try to avoid spending time with people who are openly gay or lesbian. I like to point out those who do not have the right theology or doctrine. I prefer to serve people who attend my church rather than those outside of my church. Here are the findings. Using these questions as the basis of analysis, the researchers created an aggregate score for each individual and placed those results into four categories or quadrants. The four categories and results were Christ-like in action and attitude, 14%. Christ-like in action, but not in attitude, 14%. Christ-like in attitude, but not in action, 21%. Christ-like in neither, 51%. That means that 72% of Christians were misrepresenting the faith by their action. I believe that God wants every believer to be in the first quadrant. If we all lived with Christ-like actions and attitudes, it would change the world. How we live speaks louder than what we say. Don't offend God by your witness of misrepresenting him by reflecting an unloving, distant, or punishing small g God. He commands that we reflect his nature, character, and values. And what is the most important thing to God? Jesus tells us that in Matthew 22, 37 to 40. And Jesus replied to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, 
and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is, unselfishly seek the best or higher good for others. The whole law and all the writings of the prophets depend on these two commandments. If we are not loving well, we are not reflecting true Christianity. No one can reach perfection in this, but we can all draw closer and live like Christ more and more with each passing day by abiding in the Word and in the Spirit. The Lord commands us to finish well. Deuteronomy 30, 19 said, Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. And Joshua 24, 15 says, But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. I was struck by the Verkler statement on page 39 of the Am I Being Deceived book, where they say, Pharisees most likely advance Satan's kingdom more than any other group on earth. I never really thought about it like that before. It's not true Christians, but self-righteous Pharisees that people find offensive. Pharisees are more known for what they're against than what they're for. If only 14% of Christians are actually thinking and behaving like biblical Christians, and 86% of them call themselves Christian and are thinking and behaving in ways that reflect on God poorly, It's no wonder that many people don't like Christians. Jesus didn't like the people that thought and acted like that either. I wonder what the world would be like if those statistics were reversed. If 86% of Christians lived, surrendered, faith-filled lives, reflecting God's love and his power and his gifts of the Holy Spirit, and only 14% of Christians would be turning people off, Jesus would probably have returned by now. As I was reading the Am I Being Deceived book, I saw my own face. I had a season in life where I believed much of that stuff, too, until God showed me the truth. In my religious spirit upbringing, I had believed God to be distant and a punishing God. He was too busy to want to have anything to do with my prayers or my life. So I avoided God and was swayed to look for fulfillment in new age thinking and practices. I had so many friends at that time who influenced me to speak to the universe and begin with my own heart's desire and not God's and expect my selfish desires to manifest. To this end, I got mixed up in some ungodly practices. Thank God Jesus got me back. Could you say the same thing about you? Are you someone who avoided God because of behaviors of so-called Christians or because of false teachings about interpretations about who God is? Have you been guilty of misrepresenting God by believing and acting in any of these self-righteous actions? Probably. Thank God that he doesn't fall off his throne when you realize this. You just need to confess and repent for it and truly turn to him and say, You know, I want more of you. I want to surrender my entire life to you. I want to replace those limiting lies with a more powerful, more loving, biblically true identity of who you are and who I am. So what did Jesus have to say about this? 
I asked him, Lord, what do you want me to understand about true Christian versus new age versus religious spirit Pharisees? Show me your heart in this matter. And he said, my heart breaks that in my name, people are turning people away from me, either by their pharisaical beliefs and behaviors or by seeking the spirit realm apart from me. This is unfortunately so culturally prevalent that the concept of pharisaicalism is synonymous with what many people believe is Christianity. Ironically, people are rejecting me because they think that is Christianity. And it's the very same thing I rejected myself. The body of Christ in this age is not clear enough about what being a believer really is about and what we, the Godhead, stand for. This is why the New Age movement seems to be so appealing, because it holds a more positive and less judgmental and unloving posture. This worldview is just as dangerous and flawed, but people find it less offensive than the religious spirit of the world. Both of these philosophies lead to death. It is so critically important for the church to wake up to these truths. True Christianity is meant to be contagious, powerful, loving, empowering, fulfilling adventure, not an empty, negative, fear and judgment-based drudge or a self-centered dip in the darkness of the spirit world. I am the truth. Knowing me is knowing the truth, and you cannot know me apart from the Holy Spirit. When you know and speak the truth, you properly reflect me. This demonstrates that true Christianity transforms lives contagiously. I need to see more of this in the body of Christ. Could you hear his heartbreak in that? Both the New Age movement, which embodies the spirit but not the Bible, and the pharisaical self-righteous religious spirit, which espouses the Bible in part and not the spirit, are counterfeits that lead to death. The only true Christian worldview that embraces both Bible and Holy Spirit leads to life, peace, and fulfillment. As a part of every tiny remnant representing the one true God, we have the responsibility to shine our lights. The only way we can do that is to stay in the Word and in direct fellowship with the Holy Spirit, listening to His voice and walking with Him day by day. That's how we change the world. Before we dive into our encounter today, I wanted to take a moment to ask you for a blessing. If you have learned some new things and have drawn closer to God by this podcast, please pray for the Lord to multiply it and allow the Lord to pop a few names into your spirit for whom you could share this podcast with. Simply text or email them the link to the pattyej.podbean.com site and let them know why you've been blessed by it. And please check out my books, journals, and downloadable resources at pattysadala.com shop. And remember the code EJPOD to receive 10% off everything, even the stuff already on sale. And remember, they make great gifts too. Thank you for blessing me by your prayers and for being a listener to this podcast. If this is your first podcast experience with us, you may want to go back to the trailer episode and learn about the biblical foundation for dialogue journaling, our process for experiencing Jesus. This leads you through the first special place encounter with Jesus as a child. This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. 
For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in the special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. After properly posturing your heart, meet Jesus in the special place and ask the Lord to show you the attitudes and actions that he is so pleased with in you that bring him joy, then ask him to reveal the attitudes and actions that you have that might not be true center Christianity and help him really help you understand the biblical truth that counters those lies. Confess and repent for anything that he showed you that needs to change and ask him for specific steps that need to be taken so that you can align yourself more properly with what he says the truth is and then have him seal your heart up. Let the truth begin to incubate in your heart and truly understand what he has for you and what he wants for you. Take all the time you need and record it all in your journal. Well, it's been quite a journey for me to explore those same questions in my own heart. And, you know, I needed to purge my library with things that didn't belong there and just really address some things in my heart to line myself up. And I'm so glad I did. And I really hope that you had that opportunity as well. I don't think anybody can go through that kind of assessment and, and come out completely, completely perfectly this side of heaven. But the Lord loves when you want to align yourself with him and any sincere attempt that you have to look honestly at yourself brings him so much joy. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. Follow this podcast and forward it to others that you think may be blessed by it. And check out all the links below. They are designed to take you deeper. I thank God for you and bless you in Jesus' name.